Association and SciFi.com, this is Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. We are the only exclusively alien podcast of its kind, with your hosts, J.M. Prater and Peter Hay. God damn it, that's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. And all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Fucking A. Welcome to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. I am your host, J.M. Prater. I'm going alone this episode. Uh, I am interviewing a gentleman named Yuhani Nurmi, who has who is a writer and director and filmmaker. He's also been able to interview Ridley Scott on several occasions. So sit back and relax, and thank you so much for listening. I was 13 when, when Alien uh, opened in 1979. And in those days, you know, there was obviously no internet. There was barely VHS. There were lots of movie magazines. But I, I, my family was living... I'm, I'm Finnish. I'm from Finland, Scandinavia, and I, and I still live here in Finland, despite, despite everything that I, that I do. But my family lived in Sweden at the time, and I, I caught a glimpse in a, in a Swedish film program. It, it was actually the first trailer of Alien, you know, the, the, the egg trailer, yes. which I call it, where, where, where the light, you know, bursts through the egg, and, and then we go on an incredible edited rampage with, with, a, with, with a really eerie soundtrack uh, and, and heart heartbeat pounding and basically I remember you know Sigourney Weaver just running throughout that trailer and wow I was you know it was goosebumps all the way and and I was scared to, to death it was it was really it really got under my skin but it, it took all me it took me almost a year from having seen that program uh, obviously I got the the graphic novel mm-hmm. and, and 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 spoiled myself you know via the graphic novel about what happens in the movie. And, and, and just like novelizations, the graphic novel uh, was, was a slightly different version of the film, you know? Yeah. Uh, as, as, as so many, many, many of these things are. And uh, 1980, uh, back in my native, native city of Oulu in northern Finland, uh, I, I saw the movie and, uh, I mean, I was so scared. I was so scared. I mean, yeah. I was fascinated, obviously, and I think, you know, subliminal, subconscious things like Jerry Goldsmith's score, yes. which is still, I, I always gush about this and Me always too. rant about this on my Facebook page. And I occasionally have to just, you know, insert the, the, the opening titles of Alien because I, I still think it's the best opening title sequence in the history of movies, mm-hmm. simply because it's so so simple, so minimalistic. Goldsmith's score, you know, his cue, that atonal music gets you going, and it's it's so primordial, you know, using the word which Ash, uh, Ash, Ash used throughout the movie. Uh, I mean, the, the movie had so many of those of those unwatchable moments where you just had to hit your eyes. The, the the version that we saw here in Scandinavia was slightly edited because we had 
uh, one of the world's uh, one of the world's uh, world's uh, toughest film censorship wow. at the time. Okay. So films were slightly edited. Uh, you know, the, the Chespers the scene was was edited, and and also the 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 egg scene where the where the where the face hugger uh, attacks Kane at uh, the beginning of the film. But those were pretty minor cuts. And 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 when you saw that movie on 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 a big screen. Uh, it, it was such an impact because you barely dared to watch the movie. And one of my favorite sequences in the movie is the Brett Cat sequence. You know, yes. es- especially because it's so long. It's so long. It, it feels like it goes on forever before Alien makes makes his his first big chap appearance. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, I was so freaked out. And and, and uh, I remember actually having to stand up. Uh, this 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 screening wasn't that populated, so I had to stand up and go to the aisles just out of fright because I I couldn't I couldn't sit in my place. I mean, the movie truly got to me. Not to mention the the the, the whole ending thing where where Ripley um, initiates the the, the self destruct sequence yes. on Nostromo and and it, and she just runs basically, you know, for the for the last ten or fifteen minutes, uh, just sweating and. We see those incredible strobo lights and 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 you know the whole sound effects. Uh, you know, I, I could talk three hours why Alien is my number one favorite movie of all time, but it's uh, you know it it has so many memorable moments and it's still so scary and it still looks so so good, especially on Blu-ray. Yeah, I I, I can't wait for. 20th, 20th Century Fox to release it on on 4K UHD Blu-ray. Uh, because I'd love to see an even more pristine copy yeah. print of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. In short, that's my that's my reply. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I mean, you're so right. Uh, there is something. Uh, to be honest with you, I've really been re-engaging Alien in a way. I mean, I've been a fan of the Alien series all of my life, all of my certainly adult life, and uh, early to mid teenage years. Uh, it's kind of always captured me um i've been more of a ripley fan uh i've really been attached to her character certainly since alien 3 there's something about her that she kind of her character spoke to me and where i was in my life blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. but as i get older and i've journeyed through all of those things i'm reconfiguring where alien stands in my life and i've been watching alien a lot listening to i have the complete score um mm-hmm. and uh there which, is, which is re- which is really different in many ways and yes. you know uh, some something that you know I don't want to I don't want to you know drop names here, but I mean I I think uh, if you don't remember I think it should be known that I knew Jerry Goldsmith and okay. I was I was friends with H.R. Giger, the the creator of Alien for twenty four years. Oh wow! And and uh, you know that that whole meeting that whole encounter with Giger in the summer of nineteen ninety I could just talk an hour about that, but I won't. But we, we met several times since, and, and I did several interviews about him and a documentary about him, and he became we became friends, which which still just feels unbelievably cool. And uh, I was so I was obviously heartbroken when I learned of his death in in, in May 2014 because it it felt almost like a father or or an uncle. Who had passed, yeah. and uh, I mean his his uh, legacy in terms of the whole Alien series. I mean the Alien series wouldn't exist without H.R. Giger, and 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 
it wouldn't exist without Ridley Scott either. I think Ridley Scott and Giger created, you know, an enduring classic which will be studied by generations in, in hopefully centuries from now. Yes, I agree. There is something about that is transcendent, even as I've watched Alien lately. Um, there's nothing that's overtly 70s about the film, um, except for maybe the style of dialogue, which I've spoken about. I did that yeah. little piece on our, our podcast page about uh, kind of anatomy of a scene and showing when they first woke up from their hypersleep mm -hmm. and they're sitting around their table eating breakfast. Um, who knows what time of day it is or doesn't even matter. They're in space. Um, it's it's morning for them. <laughs> yeah, it's morning for them. And just the introduction to these people, and it's incredible. And it's a scene that wouldn't make the cut these days. It's it's I know. It's a direct directing style and an acting yeah. style that you don't see anymore. I um, know. Actually, I've been I've been talking to my good friend Marcus Nispel. Marcus Nispel is the director of the remakes of Friday the Thirteenth and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and he also directed Pathfinder and the new Conan version okay and 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 marcus is 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 as big a fan of alien and the the thing you know john Carpenter's thing as yes. i am and and we always uh occasionally talk about how perfectly cast alien was yes. because you know it, you, you can even toss out the script in a sense because you know those characters made made those pages and that dialogue come alive because instantly when you see that breakfast uh scene and when when parker starts you know whining and complaining about the bonus situation you you already feel like you know these guys yes. and these girls you know yes. it's unbelievable it's unbelievable yeah and uh yeah I, it is it's and that element of course the acting and but the, the the element of exploration in alien it feels like forbidden planet it's yeah. um i've never seen another sci-fi film explore the unknown the way alien did um, with with Jerry Goldsmith's score, which was really um, uh, an uh, uh, an experiment in silence, in music silence, and how music can be silent yet be yeah. loud at the same time. I, I agree, and you know the, the the interesting fact. I'm sure you know many many film music aficionados will always point out point this out, especially the ones who are specialized in Jerry Goldsmith. But you know Goldsmith and and Ridley Scott, they they didn't have a very very good relationship because because you know Terry Rawlings who was the editor of Alien yes uh, uh, I mean he he opted not to use certain cues that Goldsmith had composed like for instance the Goldsmith's original end title you know and, but the problem was obviously that Terry Rawlings and Ridley Scott they cut Alien according to a temp track yes which which consisted you know among other parts uh, you know, of, of, of Jerry Goldsmith's previous score to Freud. And the, the problem obviously is that when the editor and the director fall in love too much with the temp track, yeah. they force they force the composer to, to do something that he or she doesn't want. And obviously, you know, Goldsmith being a brilliant composer, the, the, the most brilliant composer in Hollywood, in addition to John Williams. I mean, those guys are gods yeah. in film music. So, you know, uh, against his will, Goldsmith had to almost like break his code. And, 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 and you know, of course he had to succumb to this to these gentleman's wish because director, the director always has the final word. But it, it inflamed, it in, inflamed, it, it, it really worsened these, these guys' relationship. And obviously, it, 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 it you know, 
really exploded in legend where, where, where you know, Ridley decided to use Tangerine Dream instead of Jerry Goldsmith yeah. for the American version. Yeah. I mean, this is a long story, but, you know, despite the fact that, you know, Goldsmith and Scott's relationship wasn't perfect, but, you know, how it works in the movie is is ultimately what matters. I, I, I think it's such a stellar score. Alien wouldn't be the movie it is without Goldsmith's score. And it's actually something that I really missed. Uh, I didn't, I, I'm not a fan of Prometheus, but one of Prometheus's faults, in my opinion, is that the score, the score wasn't scary, the movie wasn't scary, but even, even though the movie wasn't scary, the score should have been much more scary yes. to, to make us scared. Yes. You know? I, and, and, I absolutely and, and, agree. That's been yeah. my bone of contention with Prometheus. Prometheus sounded like uh, a Star Trek score. Um, yeah, yeah, that first yeah. kind of theme that you hear, it was yeah. like, this isn't... And that's what, made, like you said, you're, yeah. you're preaching to the choir. I mean, I echo everything that you said. I think Alien is what it is because of everything that was working, including that sure. score that haunted you, that still haunts you, you know? It does, it does. And, I mean, uh, it's it's like, like you know, one of those memorable scores to, to Psycho, Halloween, The Thing, Jaws. Uh, you know, Alien doesn't really, the, 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 the main theme is pretty hummable, but it's it's not the most perfect hummable cue of, of of movie scores that you have ever heard because you know it's so it's so mysterious and it's so sinister that it's very it's very difficult to hum to. But despite that, I mean, despite the fact that the movie doesn't really have a crystal clear main theme, even though it does, but you know, uh, it. I mean, what Goldsmith did in this movie elevates it elevates. It elevates the movie, uh, you know, beyond what what the rest of its elements are. Obviously, the editing, Giger's monster, the whole alien life cycle, life cycle. Also, the ship. You know, when people on Facebook, for instance, uh, ask me or ask anybody else what your favorite spaceship is, I always have to reply that it's USC. SS Nostromo, yes. and I always tell people as I sort of make myself seem a, seem a loon or or, or a madman by, by telling them that if I would be a billionaire like like Peter Wayland, I would build a Nostromo for myself so that I could have, you know, uh, cats and dogs kind of alien hunting games <laughs> with an alien in yeah. that ship because I think it's the ultimate haunted house basically, yeah. Nostromo. Yeah, you know, it's a character in itself, I and agree. Uh, you, you could you could actually write a thesis, write a thesis about the the architecture and the the, the art direction of Nostromo, and uh, I mean, it's such an unbelievable ship, and it's so scary already in those opening moments of the movie, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, yeah, I, you, you're you're taking the words. Totally, I, I completely agree. And that ship makes sense, even if we don't know what everything does. It doesn't matter. It makes sense. It feels real. It looks real. Um, and the sound design, you know, the, the sound design in each compartment, not to mention the airlock sequence where you hear that, yeah. you know, yeah. those 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 sphincter-like yeah. openings. And, 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 and once you hear those sounds, whether they are, you know, the SOS signal at the beginning or the, the, the air pressurized doors, which we're, of course, here in Star Trek all the time, those, those sound effects are just as, you know, important as they are in, in, in the Star Wars movies. Yes. You know, 
they, they are also, also extremely important in the overall experience of Alien. I agree. Um, and what's interesting, too, is I think about even the little, when uh, Ripley's setting the self-destruct, the sounds mm. that the those things make that are coming up, the silver, yeah. the silver cylinders or whatever, yeah, it yeah. sounds yeah. like a exactly what it looks like like and yeah. they're very pleasing sounds too like oh um, yeah. it just it sounds what it looks like um yeah. Yeah. It, it, no, it's yeah. awesome it's really not awesome. to mention you know the the the, the sort of hollow and totally dispassionate uh, tone of mother yeah. when when you know she she does these announcements it's 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 one of those voices which you can't argue with i mean the same thing with hell 9000 and i'm sure that the hell 9000 in 2001 inspired them a lot and I, I think it was also clever to make mother female because, you know, so many people have forgotten that Alien really had the first female action hero yes. in the history of, of Hollywood movies, which is which is legendary. It's a, it's a legendary feat by itself, mm-hmm. yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it was doing it before anybody, for sure. Absolutely. And yeah. it wasn't yeah. just, you know, I think uh, the trappings of the female action hero, um, even today still, is, okay, let's make her cool she has big boobs and give her a gun um whereas ripley was never that way ripley picked up a gun because she had to um she was a beautiful woman but it wasn't about that it was about her strength of character that's what it was about absolutely Um, absolutely i mean she was the only one who who can who could really keep 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 her cool and uh, despite the fact that they 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 managed to rig a few flamethrowers all, all, all people who have, you know, tried to play through alien isolation, even I have, you know, and I haven't been that successful because I don't have enough stamina to to try to outsmart the alien, which yeah. is, by the way, really well done in the game. And I think that one of, one of the one of the main faults, one of my main beefs in 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 Prometheus is that Ridley Scott didn't uh, make. Uh, Prometheus look like uh, something that should have predated Nostromo. Instead, yeah. he made some a movie which was, you know, set a hundred or hundred and fifty years after Alien. I mean, it looked too good and it was too high tech, and it just didn't make sense. The technology didn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, right. That you know, it was supposed to be a prequel, but it was like comparing the year three thousand with. The year two thousand five hundred, you know. Yeah, I mean, he kind of did a George Lucas on that uh, in, yeah, in many yeah. respects. But before we go to Prometheus, let me let's back up and uh, you have in, you have interviewed um, Ridley Scott several times. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry I have, that. I um, have. How my, did that my, happen? Yo, my my main profession is uh, film journalism. I'm a film journalist, and I've been that for over twenty five years. And I've interviewed Ridley. Ridley Scott four times, four four different times, and uh, just like in any media in any country, you know, you have to be accredited for to interview stars or directors for a movie. So you have to you have to represent a certain kind of a media, you know. Yeah. And I had great luck in in, in you know when I was younger to 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 write reviews and articles and interviews in Finnish magazines and finished newspapers and then i uh, pretty quickly after that i i went went to television and when you when you're working in television you can you, you have so much access to to famous people so the distribution company has to nominate you 
to interview somebody. So okay. the first time, the first time I interviewed Ridley, it was a roundtable interview uh, at Cannes Film Festival for Thelma and Louise, and. Uh, Despite the fact that I, I, I really like Thelma and Louise, you know, it was my first time with Ridley and uh, I was, you know, full of questions about all the other movies save for, yeah. for, for Thelma and Louise. And, and it was an interesting tidbit because he said that, you know, David Fincher's, Fincher was already shooting Alien 3 by then. And Ridley just, you know, dropped a really interesting tidbit that he had been, I think it was at Shepperton. Was it at Shepperton Studios or Leafson? I, I think so, Shepperton. Oh, uh, yeah, I think so too. So, you know, Ridley had been to the sets, those amazing sets of, of Fury 161, and he really commended on, on Fincher's craft as a craftsman, and, and he just, you know, lauded to, to all us journals who were, you know, facing him around the table, he said that, oh my God, those sets, and that, that movie will, will be really special. And uh, I've, I've always liked Alien 3, despite the fact that so many Alien fans have very disparaging and very controversial opinions about it. Many people have a kind of a hate, hate, love-hate relationship that, to that movie. I loved it. Uh, I'm, I don't necessarily uh, agree about the ending of Killing Ripley, but that's another that's another question and issue completely. Yeah. But uh, I think it was great, and and I, I was very sad that Fincher's experience of making that movie was so traumatic that you know he himself personally didn't revisit the the director's cut, the so-called director's cut, which is which is in the latest Blu-ray anthology. Yeah. Instead, he, he let one of his associates to supervise. And that's very unusual, you know, that, 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 that a director has such bad experiences and memories of a movie that he, he, he simply can't stand to supervise a new cut. I know that, you know, David Lynch probably also had problems of, of, of re revisiting Dune, yeah. but also because, you know, they never had any, they didn't have any finalized special effects for those extra scenes so that that explains a lot but uh yeah so so to get back to ridley uh he's he's such a mild-mannered gentleman a true gentleman of the north he's from northern england and always very calm always very measured very dry wit and he he he's he's he's, he's He's the more shy and timid version of, of Tony Scott because Tony Scott is a little more like me. He's gregarious, talkative. He's, you know, gesticulating with his hands all the time and, and much more extrovert. And Ridley is the introvert. Obviously, you know, Tony is not with us anymore. I interviewed him a few times as well. And but those 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 brothers are and were incredible. And uh, in subsequent interviews i also got ridley to sign some of my alien dvd covers which was beyond thrilling but i i did also mention mention giger to him and the fact that i'm friends with hr giger and he 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 he, he, he was he was he was really cool about that and uh, i just reminded him that if he ever intends to revisit the world of alien he really should hire giger yeah but unfortunately you know when he did for Prometheus, uh, Giger was already uh, old, frail, uh, and, and he had had a bad stroke uh, a few years before he ultimately died. Mm -hmm. So the work that Giger did for 
Prometheus was not, I mean, it is. It was definitely not on the same level as he did as, as a much younger man for, for Alien. Because, you know, uh, Giger really dirtied his hands while working on Alien because he was hands-on on everything, as you know. He yes. built, the, you know, the, the space jockey. He built himself, you know, the, the suit uh, around Polai Badeo, you know, the, the guy who played uh, the big chap Alien. Yes. And, and, and yeah, and... Uh, but he's he's uh, he's an ex- incredible incredible craftsman and and much more I would say much more shy in those days when I interviewed him. I think he has he has become more loose in interviews. Just like if you have seen recent interviews uh, with George Lucas, like in the past five years, yeah. uh, I'm sure you can note that Lucas is also much more loose, much more you know relaxed in interviews now as he was before. Because, I mean, those guys are basically shy guys. I'm also shy, but I'm just, you know, concealing my timidness behind this BS. Yeah. So I just thought, you, you just sometimes you have to fool yourself and others. Yeah. You know, you have to break out of your shell. But I have only good memories of, of Ridley. And uh, obviously I was crushed when I saw Prometheus because it was, I mean, it was his return to, to sci-fi. And I, my, my expectations were sky high. They were probably way, way too high uh, for, for what we were about to see. And, but you know, it's obviously it's, it's his choice. I was just very disappointed to see that he didn't follow up with the alien life cycle uh, which which he and Giger set up for Alien, and he broke it in in in, in almost almost a blasphemous blasphemous way because I didn't want to see any H.P. Lovecraft creatures in an Alien movie, but that's what we got in in uh, Prometheus with with very little suspense. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that kind of brings us to. I mean, certainly, I want to get your opinion before we move fully into Prometheus. Give me your opinion. And, you know, I'll echo, I, I think Alien 3 is a masterpiece. I have issues with some of the um, the uh, effects. Uh, I think the uh, the composition and uh, the cuts between the rod puppet and the man in the suit uh, were pretty amateur. And I don't true, think that that true. was uh, David yeah. Fincher's fault, but it was a little shocking to see, yeah. you know, you have Alien and Aliens whose effects are on top, you know, know, they set the bar and then you go to alien three and the movie itself is a masterpiece of atmosphere of the soundtrack. And then I agree. But it's, it's almost like, you know, almost like a different franchise in the sense that it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very bold reinterpretation, just like aliens was. And I love aliens to, to bits. I mean, you know, Vietnam war action, space horror movie, it's not my own personal perfect idea of an alien sequel, but what Cameron did with that was, was I mean, it, it was perfection. And I, I still think that, you know, Aliens is, is on par with, the, with one, one of the very best movie sequels ever made. Agreed. And, and, and he reinvented the, 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 the franchise in, in a really cool way. And, and probably Ridley and he wouldn't have seen eye to eye about the creation of Alien Queen because the Alien Queen sort of breaks with the, with the, with the original uh, Alien life cycle invented by, not just by Ridley and Giger, but of course, I'm sorry that I forgot to mention Dan O'Bannon. Yes. Dan O'Bannon was obviously the father of the whole idea. He was. And, and rest in peace. Yeah. 
I, I agree with you in terms of, I think the queen is cool, um, but it turned the alien life cycle into something familiar. Um, yeah. Like, oh, a queen in a hive and eggs. We've seen this yeah. before in various portions of nature. Now, I love aliens. I really, really do. Uh, the order of alignment for me in terms of the... I only th I only look at the Alien Saga as three films. I don't count Alien mm. Resurrection. No, um, and me. Prometheus is on a different in a different area. Oh, I know, I know, and um, and, and obviously we, I don't know if we have time to talk about Neil Blomkamp's. Uh, yeah, I want to. You know, I want to. Yeah, but uh, I felt that, uh, and I still feel you know I feel when I see the Queen, I just feel like oh my God, it's overexposed. Give me something alien. Don't give me something familiar. And Cameron again, Aliens is probably one of the best sequels ever made. Uh, he brought he. He took it further. He took Ripley further. He did things yeah. that I've never seen. I mean, I love the film. My my favorite of the of the three in an order of alignment goes Alien, Alien Three, and Aliens. I really, uh, I like yeah, I said, I, I really feel like uh, the Alien, the saga, the really serious saga are the three films. I feel like uh, David Fincher um, picked up where Ridley Scott left off in a way that James Cameron just didn't. James yeah. Cameron kind of approached it in a very kind of Americana, even though he's Canadian, that military, let's go get him, let's kick ass, let's kill these bugs. And it turned the alien into more of a, a, a Starship Troopers kind of thing. Whereas Ridley, or uh, David Fincher brought back the mystery, which is yeah, what I it's, love. It's, it's, you know, the, 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 obviously the, the, the big problem with Alien 3 is that it was Fincher's debut feature. Yes. And, and he, he, he just couldn't handle... The rudimentary script, uh, you know, which had really great religious overtones and a really interesting cult uh, among the prisoners, yes. and, uh, which I, I think is, is is extremely emotional and extremely. I mean, I mean, the guy who, who slightly always reminds me of Forrest Whitaker, but isn't Forrest Whitaker. You know, the guy with the glasses is yes, yes. unbelievably, unbelievably good, unbelievably good. Uh, uh, nobody could have made that role better. Uh, his, and with with that great booming voice of his, Dylan, but you know the, yeah. the 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 problem was that that Fincher probably because he felt the pressure from the British crew. You know, British crews can be really merciless on 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 American directors, which which you know George Lucas definitely felt on the first Star Wars. Uh, Cameron, as a Canadian, felt it on Aliens, which was also shot in Britain, because you know in in in, in the UK. The crews always they they only work a certain amount of time per day, yes. and then they call it a day, and they 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 have their teas or whatever. So these guys were not prepared that you know the film crews would actually, you know, uh, you know pull out the plug uh, at five or six p.m. just because the union forced them to do it. So so you know they were a bit shocked by and probably a bit miffed by that especially if they were already falling behind the the shooting budget and schedule so so it 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 must have been really daunting for fincher and as we know it took him a few years to bounce back but he bounced back with seven yeah. which it, which is still my favorite David Fincher movie, not not because I can watch it every month or every year, because I mean it's ex extremely sickening and 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 graphic and gruesome and traumatic, but it's a masterpiece. It's one of those masterpieces which shouldn't actually exist, but yes. it does. Yeah, and and you know in that movie he really went full. I mean he he just you know he it was it was a free for all. He just went you know full blast. Yeah, flat out. 
Yeah, you could tell he, kind of the anger that he had from Alien 3, kind of he let loose on there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was an angry whole, film. Yeah, not to mention there's a whole script thing, you know, that actually there was, you know, fighting with the, with the producers about changing the ending, about watering down the ending, which, yeah. are, you know, thank goodness they didn't do that because that, that ending, that shock ending is, is such a crucial part of Seven, you know? And, uh, but but I, I truly hope that, that, that one of us could produce a sci-fi script which would compel Fincher to return to the genre of sci-fi yeah. and, and really knock it out of the park. Although he's circling, supposedly, um, the World War Z sequel that Brad Pitt's He, he is, but I mean, yeah. I mean, he doesn't like sequels. He doesn't. No. No, no, I, I, you know, I would be very surprised to see that happening. But yeah. you never know because I mean, he's 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 very friendly with Brad Pitt. So, and also because you know, uh, Fincher has had some bad luck with his two projects at HBO, which were cancelled. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you know. So uh, uh, he probably needs a new momentum for his career, and uh, you know, I, I'm sure that he would he, he could make an incredible zombie movie but you know i actually interviewed fincher uh for the man uh, I'm, I'm sorry the the dragon tattoo movie you know the 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 the, the, the remake the which one uh you know the the crime the the, the swedish stieg larsson oh yeah the uh, girl with the dragon yeah, tattoo the, yes the girl the girl with the dragon tattoo and this was in london uh 2011 and and uh and uh, I asked uh, Fincher about the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, oh, yes. which he was supposed to do for Disney. And, uh, oh, my, oh, man, it was, it was a bummer when that, that project was canceled because Fincher didn't tell me a lot about it. But he told me that, it, you know, their version would have been set during the Civil War. And it, it would have been sort of steampunk. Interesting. They would, have had, they would have had, you know, the giant squid there. They would have had, of course, an awesome Nautilus there. And I felt that it, was, it, it would have been really something special. And, uh, but, you know, in the wake of John Carter, which flopped uh, uh, resoundingly, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. Uh, Disney really, you know, they, they, they got antsy. They got scared. And they, they knew that 20,000 leagues would probably balloon, you know, the budget would balloon yeah. uh, north of 200 mil. So they pulled the plug. But, yeah. I mean, what a shame. What a shame. Yeah, and really, John Carter is actually a pretty good film. Um, I just think it was marketed poorly. I saw that film. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is a really good film. Yeah. Um, it, it, it wasn't quite my, my vision of Barsoom. But, you know, it's, 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 it's always oranges and apples. And I would have wanted to see more action and much more... You know, I, I wasn't totally happy about that, but I salute the effort because I, I think it was, it was the, 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 the amount of craft that went into the design of that movie and the, the whole rethinking of the story was interesting because, you know, it incorporated a lot of elements which were just hinted at in the books. Yes. And, 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 and so on. Yeah, as, as 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 you can see, we 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 really sprawl in terms of in terms of topics. Oh yeah, which is normal, and I think it's great. And, and in terms of David Fincher, you know, I've always been of the mind that I felt like, you know, someone could tell him how amazing Alien Three is. Maybe that mm. would change his mind. Maybe that he we would, did. 
We yeah. did. I mean, uh, I, I've been in those round tables with him, both on Benjamin Britten and Dragon Tattoo, and, and, and he has so many fans among the, the film, us film journalists who always laud him on Alien 3. And actually... What's his response? He, well, you know, he he's totally fine with it now, but obviously he... He is still jaded about what happened, but yeah. of course he has overcome it. But but you know, I, I think he's he's just one of those guys who 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 doesn't suffer fools gladly, and 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 and, and he was scarred really badly on that movie, and and it probably it just a matter of principle, uh, lead, you know, led to him not to revisit the cut, you know, the final cut of yeah. that movie, which was a shame. I think the. Those kinds of assembly cuts are never really, you know, perfect if the director doesn't supervise them. You're absolutely right. You agree. Mm. You know, I agree. And I think part of it is for me, um, no, really falling in love uh, with Alien 3, but also Ripley for me in that film being the most uh, relatable that I've seen her, um, at least for myself. Like she, Sigourney Weaver hit that character out of the park. Um, she just it was it was her character was beautifully written wonderfully acted um uh yeah, and, and, she, and she was and she was bald yeah and she was bald and she, she was, was great bald. um and uh so I, i'm glad i'm glad that he knows mm. that fincher knows that people appreciate the film and that really bloody oh, disgusting yeah. did a uh a piece on alien 3 uh about a couple of months ago just kind of they said uh exhuming and exonerating alien 3 Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just talking, they're just, they just discussed that this is a really, really amazing film and, uh, it didn't deserve the, you know, the, um, the criticism it got. And really a lot of it too is, and this is unfortunately with the fans and fandom, fandom is, uh, is a double-edged sword because you have people mm-hmm. who, who love something, but they also feel ownership. And I think that that's an, it's okay. I feel that way too. Yeah. Um, but I felt like with Alien 3, it was exactly what needed to happen. Maybe not her death, but whatever. But in terms of, yes, the party's over. We're not going to kick ass in this film. It's over. Like, Nude is dead. Hicks is dead. This is reality. Snap out of it. Um, it, That's realistic. It was a a really uh, bold take. And, uh, you know, the the various DVD and Blu-ray editions have all, all also delved with uh, with the development of Alien 3. Yes. And, you know, the, the Eric Red uh, draft, uh, you know, the Vincent Ward draft, you know, the, the, the wooden planet, those wooden prison planet scenarios, which were, even, you know, much more outlandish, actually. Yeah, than I'm the glad they didn't that, do that. that. Yeah, I know, I know. But, but the... The development of Alien Three was arduous. Yes. It was it was really long, and and it, it was clear that you know the development wouldn't be as smooth and as fast as it was with with Alien or Aliens because Fox basically they they didn't really know how to bring the series forward. They they knew just like you said that they would need something different, but they didn't quite know what and. Uh, Basically, you know, Ripley's character is like Joan of Arc, you know. Yes. Uh, Joan of Arc, I think, is, is, is a pretty apt uh, description for her because she sacrifices herself at the end for, and, and, and you know, you can see something, of, some, something obviously of Jesus Christ in, the, in, in that ending shot where she plunges to yes. the lava and, and like, like Christ-like, you know, like a crucifix. So, 
lots of neat symbolism which you can really embed into into short short scenes like that. But it's 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 commendable. But but now now we have Prometheus and, and next year we will have a new alien movie and yeah. uh, well let's move into Prometheus. I, I yeah. tell me about uh, what you thought about before you saw it and then your experiences after you saw it and kind of what you think about it today. Well, yeah, uh, of course, just like everybody else, I I, I followed uh, the publicity slavishly. I, I I you know I really liked what I saw in 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 those in those lobby cards or those stills. Uh, you know, which which we were shown of of Numi Rapace, who's 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 Swedish, by the way. Yes. You know, who played Elizabeth Shaw, and uh, I always thought that Michael Fassbender was a great idea to introduce him as a kind of a new, maybe not Ash, but then again, we would never we never really knew what kind of a what, what kind of an android he would turn out to be. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, we discovered that he was he was devious. I think he was one of the best elements in the movie. And despite the fact that Ridley broke against the the, the timeline and the technology, like I stated earlier, I enjoyed the movie quite a lot until the scene when Prometheus landed on that planet. You know, all that tech was really handled neatly. Once I, I got over the disappointment that, aha, uh-huh, this is going to be super high tech and not uh, cranky, clunky, rusty, creaky like Alien was. Once I got over that, I, I, I really enjoyed those opening scenes with David, you know, exploring the ship. Uh, hated the score. Visually, it was pure Ridley. But, you know, once they landed on that planet and when I really expected the tension to to be racked up and begin just like it begins in alien once they land on that planet you know lv426 i don't know if 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 it was goldsmith's music which 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 really uh heightened everybody's blood pressure by that point of course in in this in this case mark streitenfeld's score just didn't do the job but in the movie Basically, didn't have any suspense for me from that that landing sequence and on. And uh, there were so many plot holes, and there's there were so many idiotic things about you know those characters exploring that pyramid in questionable ways. I, I sort of liked the the memory holograms of the space jockeys, yeah. but in in terms of the space jockey concept, I I'm, I'm very much on the fence about that because. Concept, conceptually, I like the idea, uh, like the idea of an alien lurking inside an exoskeleton like that. But on the other hand, you know, because that whole concept was never explained in Alien. I, ultimately, I thought, why shouldn't, why should it be explained? Why should it be explained like this? Uh, because you know, it, it 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 sort of kills the mystery of of the space jockey. But then again, then again, you know, Ridley wanted to introduce to us uh, an Eric von Däniken kind of a alien creation conspiracy myth. Uh, you know, with the opening of the movie presenting that these aliens basically created mankind yeah. and our DNA. You know, so of course he had to tie that in with the with the concept of 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 the space jockey. But uh, yeah, 
it, I mean, I love the set design. I love the ship. But it, it was never an Nostromo for me. And lots of stuff disturbed me about it. But most of all, the fact that there was almost zero suspense for me. You know, of course, you know, the, the sequence with the, what do you call you know the the pod which you use to yeah. which you the, the for, for yeah, exactly the med pod that sequence obviously is one of the best sequences in the movie but the, the monster itself is is has nothing to do with alien it's 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 not of the alien series it's mm-hmm. not of the alien world it's it's like something of a of of a, of, a, of an hp lovecraft adaptation and and so there were there were lots of um, new disappointments. Uh, the more you watch the movie, and, and and I must say that you know obviously I I did purchase the 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 the, the, the 3D Blu-ray version yes. of Prometheus. Me too. But but that behind-the-scene documentary is much better than the movie itself. Yeah. And which I think is is terrible if if a filmmaker hears that your three hour behind the scenes is better than the movie. And you know, of course, some people say that same thing about uh, Hearts of Darkness, which is you know Eleanor Coppola's uh, documentary about Apocalypse or Now. Some people say the same thing that you know the documentary about the making of the movie is much better better than the tedious movie itself. But you know. Apples and oranges, but but for me, Prometheus was a was a huge, huge, profound disappointment, and 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 I must say that Ridley Scott was my, uh, you know, my 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 number one favorite hero director up until that point, but yep. he has definitely fallen down since, and and. Uh, well, you you just have to remember that he's just a human. Ridley Scott is just as good as the scripts that he that he uh, works with. And yeah. Prometheus was half baked. And I think one of the the main culprits, uh, all the fanboys, all the fangirls knows this. But unfortunately, Damon Lindelof was not the right screenwriter for this project. I don't know what he thought about you know because because the the the, the earlier drafts were much better in my opinion they were they were they were not perfect either but they they had a they had a certain aesthetic just like alien 3 did mm-hmm. you know it they had their own thing going on but this this i mean prometheus was so full of plot holes it contained so little, little suspense and it sort of rehashed many of the memorable sequences in alien it, it didn't really bring anything new save for of course the the whole Wayland subplot, you know the plot, the shocking plot twist, which, by the way, all of us could see miles away. Yeah, but 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 it it it, it looks and, and feels like Ridley is 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 tr- really trying to steer the course for the next one. Yeah, because you know, uh, just like just like DC Comics is now doing all all kinds of all kinds of. Uh, <laughs> steering exercises to 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 you know damage control basically to to try to steer the ship into 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 a direction that 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 fans would love well you know after bat i i happen to like batman and superman a i lot. did too I, actually i don't I, think I, I, about I, it but i liked it yeah yeah and uh suicide squad just just was another disaster which was which which i'm 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 very i'm very sorry that david ayer who's such a 
brilliant filmmaker that he was subjected to to something like that, you know, of, of, of the studio doing alternate cuts behind his back, which, which of course, that's what, what is done nowadays, but I think it's in, in, inexcusable yeah. still. Yeah. It's like a stab in the back of the filmmaker, in my yeah. opinion. You know, in terms of Prometheus, you know, you hit on a couple of things. I, I think about, I was talking about this, a while ago, but uh, just in terms of the discovery, uh, Prometheus going to this planet and discovering this temple and all these things, everything was happening really quickly. There was no time to breathe. Um, mm. There was no sense of um, just quiet and and no. uh, and even while they're in the t- the temple and they discover the room with the urns or whatever, um, it's Shaw is talking throughout the whole thing. It's talking, 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 talking. I know. Um, I know. And whereas with Alien. They let the characters breathe. They yes, let the and, characters, and the score. The yeah. score. You don't. You don't need to speak all yes. the time because you know the, the visuals do the trick for themselves. And and and, and the whole thing. If, well, you, you, we talked about the dialogue in in Alien, but you know the more the more Alien progresses, the shorter the dialogue becomes. Because yes. I think it also reflects the the awe and the, the awe and the terror in the characters. Because if if you enter a place like the derelict and alien, uh, you, you, you just can't babble all the time throughout because you have to be in awe yeah. of something which is clearly, distinctly alien and which is not just alien, but it's so inhospitable. It's so sinister and ominous and the whole ambiance within the derelict in alien is... It's like it's 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 almost like, you know, one, one of those scenes in, in John Carpenter's Halloween where you want to scream to to the teenagers and 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 tell them tell them to get the hell out of that house yeah. because it's like you should really feel feel your hair stand up stand up on their ends and goosebumps you you know you should have those internal uh, alarm bells going off but obviously we have to also remember that 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 uh, the the crew of Nostromo was a corporate unit they they uh, had a lot at stake they were ordered by the company to investigate the the potential organism behind the distress signal. Then we have to remember the the bonus situation. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they also had that monetary stake happening, which I think is is cool and hilarious. But it's it's so human because it basically basically you understand truck drivers, you know, who have really shitty pay. Nobody yeah. wants to do that pay. Yeah. But if you if you get a juicy bonus, of course everybody gets interested. It's only human yeah. to, 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 to to feel greed yeah. and, and to do questionable things out of greed. Yeah. But and, and I think that whole mindset and the whole thing, just like I told you in Alien, you got and you understood those characters from the get-go. Yeah. You didn't doubt any of them. But in Prometheus, you you, you feel that we, we've seen all this a thousand times before, yeah. you know, unfortunately. But David, David would still, was still an interesting and a great character. Oh, yes. But that's, that's very much down to Michael Fassbender. And by the way, by the way, I, can, I can't wait for Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I me can't too. wait. Me too. Because despite the fact, despite the curse surrounding game adaptations, I mean, uh, Assassin's Creed is going to look like a million bucks. Yeah, and, it looks and, amazing. And, yeah, and if it, if it even has, has half of the script that it deserves, it's going to kick ass. Yeah. It's going to kick ass. It's, yeah. it, it looks so, it looks fantastic. Just like Doctor Strange looks, by the way. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm totally blown away. 
by by of course the character, but the 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 the, the fantasia type of feel, uh, you know, the whole surrealism, the whole yeah. the whole LSD vibe going on. Yeah, in, in I'm totally excited. I mean, we're we're getting some uh, great films uh, this coming winter with Rogue One oh. and. Uh, Doctor Strange, and yeah, it's going to be exciting. Well, it's interesting though, thinking about Prometheus um, more, and because I'm always processing these films, of course, because I talk about them a lot, and I really think that um, Prometheus is a film that really Scott really didn't want to make. I think Fox wanted to bring him in. He wasn't interested at that time. He said, "Okay, I'll do it, but I don't want to make an alien film. Uh, I'll do yeah. something else. So I'll explore a exactly. different." Um, but it's, I, it's 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 ludicrous that. He and the studio and everybody else involved with that movie were forced to backtrack. You know, first it was almost like this lie in 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 in, in the second Star Star Trek movie that you know this movie will not contain uh, Khan. Yes, and, and 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 ultimately it does anyway. And you know the fandom is betrayed in Prometheus. I think you know that lie that it's not an alien movie, although it is. Yeah, uh, it, it, it it was way too transparent. Well, and also it 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 plays into this very much real thing that's happening in Hollywood with mm. with studios. It presumes the audience is stupid, um, yeah. and when you're going in there and you're saying no, 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 is it alien? I mean, uh, Damon Lindelof was saying it too. Is this an alien film or isn't it? It's like yeah. we're not stupid. Treat us as you would treat another adult up here. Yeah, treat us yeah. that way, and. Um, we we will we will honor you. We will be loyal to you. And I think uh, Prometheus really it played to um, unfortunately. And I don't I've, maybe that wasn't the intent, but I think sometimes you get in these places where you have these people who are millionaires, several times over writing these films, trying to relate to people who make thirty thousand dollars a year, twenty thousand dollars a year. They don't mm -hmm. know how to. They don't know how to relate to these people anymore. So yeah. what happens is, while they try, while they try to relate to these people, they treat these people as if they're stupid, um, yeah. as if, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna get that the geologist who just mapped out the temple is now lost. Mm -hmm. um, we're not gonna we're not going to pick up that the biologist who understands certainly earth biology discovers this snake type thing that is obviously threatening hmm. it. And going to think, oh, pretty little baby, you know, like, um, <laughs> we're not stupid people. And uh, I know, I know, I know. I mean, so, so much went wrong in that movie. And uh, I'm sort of happy almost for my late friend Giger that, that even though he did see the movie and, you know, Giger has always lauded all of the, all of the. Alien movies officially, even though he had all he has also had his own beefs with the studio because you know, basically, the studio has never included him into any kind of a bonus situation in the sense that he would have ever received any kind of royalties from the movie, even even though he he so richly would have deserved them as the creator. But you know, it always boils down to to, to the deals that you make, and uh, when you make movies, you better have a good lawyer or a good agent who, who takes care of you and, and, and makes you a, a, a really ironclad deal yeah. so that you can't be, you can't be buggered by anyone in retrospect, but it's, it's, it's a tough situation. And uh, yeah. of course, fortunately there are, there are some of us who also write and create things out of love and not just, you know, with dollar signs on our ret retinas, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, so you you really have to create these things out of love because otherwise they become way too calculative. Absolutely. And, uh, they, they, 
then you get, you know, these sort of jump the shark scenes as, as, as we did with the last Indiana Jones movie yeah. and which we have had in, 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 in some of these comic book adaptations as well. And it's, it's, it, 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 you know, it's, it's buckle, it boggles the mind. It's beyond me why, why Marvel can't fail in, 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 even in any of their, le- in any of their lesser movies. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, DC stumbles Despite the fact that the you know the budgets are sky high and yeah. you have people like Zack Snyder and Zack Snyder whatever you think of him he's a consummate professional he's an incredible pro and you know Christopher Nolan wouldn't just have chosen anyone to 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 be his successor basically as the 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 you know as the you know, basically, it's the guy who who guides the yeah. the DC Comics universe forward. Yeah. Of course, now we know more. You know, there's. I'm, I'm glad that Jeff Johns has, you know, joined joined uh, the team and, and 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 not just the team, but he's he's the main man there, just like Kevin Feige is is at Marvel. Yeah. But but these things are extremely difficult to make, and 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 you know, test screenings can also they can sometimes put you on the right track but they can mislead you just the same because you you just can't you just can't uh, always uh, trust test screenings because i read in a couple of articles a few months ago that suicide squad actually had tested great and and, and when i saw it i i you know i, I just wondered where the plot went yeah. why why would you see the trouble of of choosing such an incredible gang of of criminals super criminals just to do a kind of a bullshit Ghostbusters thing at the end with with yet another energy vortex. I'm so sick of these energy vortexes, which yeah. really don't make any sense. Yeah, I saw, I saw Suicide Squad. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, I had fun. But at the same mm-hmm. time, uh, the question was, why are they having such a hard time with these writers? The Marvel yeah. writers are on point. Uh, yeah, uh, they are. The Captain America uh, Winter Soldier was one of the best... Uh, Superhero films I've ever seen. Um, yeah, Civil War Part I, One was amazing. Um, yeah. and uh, at the same time, I think also there's this train that's happening with DC, where I'm seeing in all these outlets uh, mm-hmm. posting about DC. It's just negative, negative, negative all the time. Like, oh, this is gonna tank. This is gonna tank. Oh, Suicide Squad's making a lot of money despite it being a horrible film. It's like give mm-hmm. these films a break first of all. Um, I know. And it, it's very interesting. And like today, I read this quote or I read this title of this thing for oh wonder woman's a mess what's going on behind it and it's quoted as rumor but what it's doing is it's 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 starting it's this poison, engine poisoning yeah it, totally. it poisons the well wonder basically. woman looks amazing to me right now it looks yeah, awesome it does. um it does. and i i just was like just give these i don't know what and someone said that maybe disney is behind uh these these this negative train of just negativity on all these DC films. I could believe it. I don't know if that's true or not, but I could totally believe it. But because I've never seen the press coalesce around negativity surrounding a film series of films that I have for DC films. I just don't get it. But anyways, yeah. um, yeah. uh, re- rewinding back a little bit, uh, I think you're right. And maybe we'll just, uh, in terms of studios and making films and you really have people who have to fall in love with it. Um, mm-hmm. or who have a love and they just don't have dollar signs and uh, enter in Neil Blomkamp. He's in, he, he's in love with the Alien series. He loves mm-hmm. the character of Ripley. He feels like there's a story to be told. That's the perfect person to be making an Alien film. 
I agree. Um, and whereas with, obviously with Ridley Scott, they kind of roped him in saying, please make this, please make this. I don't really want to make an alien film. Please make this. Okay, but I don't want, I'm not making an alien film. I'm making something in that universe, maybe. Exactly. Um, and, and then he got, you know, sidetracked and blindsided by, by that notion. And it was when he, when he realized that it's still an alien universe movie, it was too late. Yeah. They were, you know, it was too late in the development for them to, to do any, any major script doctoring on the script, which, which, it, which it sorely needed. Yeah. You know, it sorely needed a lot of work, a lot of work to, to, to make a great movie. But, you know, nobody listened. And, of course, a studio has a, had a, has a, has a deadline. And uh, I don't know if you have followed the, the, the interviews that Paul Greengrass and Matt Damon have given about Jason Bourne uh, because they, they reminisced, uh, they, you know, they were waxing lyrical about the times when they 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 finished uh, inverted commas the, the 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 franchise with the born ultimatum yeah. and you know i was in london uh, at the junket and and at the press conference where both of them said that this is it yeah. we won't make any more born movies yeah. but what happened when universal produced the born legacy with <laughs> jeremy renner yeah. those guys suddenly you know Got in a in a hell of a hurry to 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 make another one because obviously they 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 felt like they 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 have ownership to 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 the character and and and, and you know the franchise and uh, yeah Jason Bourne is is good I mean it's 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 pointless in a way uh, that, that it's definitely unnecessary in in yeah. the saga of Jason Bourne and and I think that the the ultimate motivation of born to to come back and to reveal himself to CIA was a little dodgy it was a little it was a little frail despite yeah. the fact that it involved somebody very very close to him uh, spoiler sorry yeah but but you know it, it, it was still it was still miles better than, than most of the blockbusters I've seen lately because because you know Greengrass and Damon are, are just so well together and, and 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 you know Jason Bourne moves it moves like a locomotive yeah, it looks it, it, it moves like a bullet train it moves like a Bond movie which What's is interesting too about that and this speaks to another point it moves very quickly but there's not a lot of dialogue you're you're being shown this story through action through yeah. through um whatever set pieces they're in and that was really i can't imagine if there was as much talking as there was action i, I couldn't even watch them no, no um but it picked me up at the first moment and did not let me go until yeah. the end i agree um, i agree I damon, really damon, damon is so he's so charismatic and you know i'm glad that Greengrass has has, has you know he is he's holding back some of that you know shaky camera stuff because you know people really got nauseous in the in the previous movies yeah. because it's obviously it's one of his trademarks but i think that he has read the criticism and he has taken to taken it to heart you know not to not to make people too nauseous with that yeah. but i mean they 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 just don't it's it comes so naturally for them and i i, I hope they will make yet another even though you know damon is 45 now and to make these kinds of movies are really tough on you. You really have to have a great, you know, stunt team because you can't do everything else. Despite the fact that you tell the press that, hey, I want to do my own stunts and it's it's me in that and that and that and that scene. Yeah. It's ninety percent me, but that's BS because nobody's 
body can take it, especially yeah. at, at that age. Yeah. And, you know, Daniel Craig has had, for instance, a spawn, has had lots of injuries, you know, elbow injury, knee injury, which have required, you know, more or less emergency uh, surgery so that they have, so that they have, you know, been able to continue with the shoot. So, you know, th- those, th- those movies really take a toll and they are basically a young man's game. And if, if you're past 45 or past 50, the, the risk for injuries just, you know, just gets bigger yeah, all the time. Very true. So let's move into, let's talk about Neil Blomkamp a little bit. What do you think yeah. about th- that whole idea? Uh, it's great. It's great. Uh, I am sure that he will deliver. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, nobody probably ever expected a movie like this be made because those of us who know a little about the story, he's basically intending to bypass yes. uh, Alien 3, which is blasphemous to, to the fans. But it's ballsy. It's ballsy. But I think it's it's also a very cool move because it's, it, it's, it's almost like conveying that that his Alien movie will be set in an, in an alternate universe yeah. of sorts yeah. where Newt and, and uh, the soldier, you know, survived and, and Ripley survived and... Uh, I, I've you know I've been watching the concept art and it, it's very blonde camp and yep. it's it's very sort of um, transhumanistic almost in the sense that you see these creatures which are like half alien half men but it's so much better done than the fourth alien movie yeah. Yeah. you know which who, which was which was directed by Jeunet, you know the the French director yeah, who's a brilliant director who ended up directing a piece of garbage unfortunately. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I always hoped that he would have actually directed Tintin, you know, the oh, yeah. the, 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 the Belgian character, which, which Spielberg ultimately did, and, and that, that wasn't bad either. But the problem is that, you know, the character of Tintin is so little known in yeah, North America that, you know, it didn't have a, you know, a snowball's chance in hell at the, at the American box office because nobody knows the character, basically. Yeah. But I... I uh, Obviously, obviously, it's 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 downer that 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 you know Blomkamp has to stay in queue until Ridley's movie is 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 released, and hopefully they they will get green light next year before uh, the new Alien movie opens. Yes, because otherwise, you know, I think that Sigourney already said in Comic Con. And has been saying lately that you know they will find something else to do, both he and Blomkamp, if if Fox won't greenlight that movie, which which is a shame because I think Ridley really needs to work hard yeah. to 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 win back the hearts of us hardcore alien aficionados who were so profoundly disappointed by Prometheus. And Again, I, I'm of the opinion too that I think that. Fox, 20th Century Fox knows full well how much how much uh, chatter and excitement there is about this Blomkamp project. I mean, yeah. the internet just flipped out when they found out that, and everybody was like, "Cool, bring it on, come yeah. on!" It was the alien film that everyone. I can't imagine like Fox not greenlighting this film. The production yeah. start to happen pretty soon. Um, yeah. And I, I'm thinking that it, it probably will be greenlighted to begin production next year because Sigourney Weaver, she's 67. She looks fantastic. She, um, absolutely. But it, it's it's almost like, you know, Harrison Ford, who has to wait for 15 or 20 years for a new indie movie. Yeah. I mean, but, but by the time the next indie movie with Harrison 
he'll be almost, opens. Yeah. He's be, he's going to be eighty years old, yeah. and he's not he's not going to be able to crack a whip. I mean, he didn't really do it in the last one either. That was that was sort of enhanced. Yeah. Seventy-three now is he or seventy-four? I, I think I think he must be seventy-six or seventy-seven, something like that. Yeah, but I, I mean, mean if I they're going to shoot that. They're going to yeah, need to do I, it for I've, the next I've, two years. I've met Harrison also four, four or five times, and really get along with him really, really fantastically. And I think he's an amazing guy. And some of my peers find him boring, and uh, to which I say, how can you? How can you find Rick Deckard, Han Solo, Indiana Jones boring? Yeah. Of course. Then again, if you're in 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 love with the guy, in a in a in a straight way, uh, you know, you admire him and you you think that he's 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 the most uber cool guy who ever basically lived and who who who's ever been an actor because that's that's basically what Harrison Ford is. Not to mention the fact that he's he's a hell of a carpenter and yeah. a, and, a, and a pilot as well. Yeah. You know. And he, he's, he's, he's an old school actor, obviously. But, you know, I mean, very, very few Hollywood stars are working at, at, at his age. But, but Indiana Jones just happens to be a character which he loves to bits. But sorry, to, to return to, to Blomkamp and, and, and his Alien movie, uh, knowing Blom, Blomkamp's style as we do, uh, I'm sure that his movie would veer much more. I mean, he... He reportedly loves aliens the yes. most in the series. Yeah. So I think knowing Blomkamp's style, he would definitely make a movie in the vein of aliens. Because when you, you know, watch watch those firefights in 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 in, in um, Chappie and uh, what's the the second movie? Elysium. You know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, very few directors can 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 do action sequences as he does. I mean, he. he I mean, he's he's in a league of his own, yeah. basically, and and I still love District Nine the most. I think District Nine had a story. It it didn't just have those amazing creatures and that amazing action, but it really had a had a story which went to your heart. And yes. something something was missing in both in Elysium and Chappie. Chappie was good, but I. I think there was some studio tampering still involved, and the scripts were not quite as ready. To yeah, go and I think as, the inclusion of D. Antwerd, uh, the the rap group, it was too much. They were involved too much. Um, yeah. they did. They're not actors; they're musicians. No. And I True. think it 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 made the film too light. Uh, I I really felt like I wanted to go deeper with the character of Chappie, and some yeah. serious sci-fi exploration. And I agree. The Antwerp just couldn't do that. They couldn't. And the script, yeah. you're right. I think the script wasn't ready. Um, yeah. I think Blumkamp needs time. If if anything, the time that he he has before his project, his Alien project begins, is the best. He can make that script the best script he's ever written. Absolutely, and he should because they have been. Too many shitty alien movies, yes. not to mention Alien versus Predator. Yes. Which brings uh, me back first, around to. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I mean, the first Alien versus Predator movie was okay, but it's it's still it's it's still it's still not my 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 sort of favorite subgenre. Yeah. In a sense, I love both of those characters separately, and I I must tell you, Jamie, that I can't wait to to see. Uh, I can't wait to see Shane Black's uh, reboot of Predator. Yeah, yeah. I think it will kick ass. Yeah. It will kick ass I for agree. sure. Um, so let's uh, kind of wrapping things up. We've been talking for about an hour and 20 minutes. Um, 
to kind of full go for circle, of course, the big alien film that's on its way is Covenant. We're less than a year out from that. Um, yeah. What I've noticed is um, even in a recent interview, someone's talking to Ridley Scott about Alien Covenant. And they're talking about, oh, you know, it's a sequel to Prometheus, right? And he's like, and Ridley Scott goes, no, this really has to do with Alien. Yeah. Um, and it was the first time that I've heard Ridley Scott or read Ridley Scott distance himself from Prometheus. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought it was really telling in how yeah. this film is finally, it's really the film, it's Ridley Scott directing an alien film. Yeah. Finally. Let's hope so. Um, Let's hope so. Mm. And uh, I, I'm just interested into what your hopes and dreams are for Alien Covenant. Yeah, it's uh, so little of the stories known obviously at this point but uh what we do know is that that david the android returns in some shape or form uh first they they denounced that numi rapace's character wouldn't be in the movie but now she is but probably she will just be my my best guess is that if her character is dead we will see her uh in you know having made some kind of a video recording or something like uh -huh. that but but yeah, the the new actors are all interesting and cool, and uh, I'm, you know, still slightly on the fence about whether we'll really see the alien home planet, uh, which has been touted for so many years, uh -huh. and uh, I I hope so. But I think it it will probably be. Uh, the home planet of the Nordics, or if we call, you know, the Nordic aliens or the 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 the, the space jockey, jockey aliens, the it will probably yeah. be the engineers. It will probably be their home planet that we will be seeing. But I welcome anything that brings the the original alien life cycle into the frame and enhances it. And I I do hope uh, what I hope most fervently is that 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 Ridley has taken this suspense lack of suspense criticism to heart because I mean having made Alien he, he definitely knows and can to make a movie which will scare us to death despite the fact that we have seen all these movies and basically there are not that many many tricks left in any any anyone's hat anymore you know narratively it's it, it, it's getting extremely difficult to surprise and shock people at this point, mm -hmm. you know. After after almost forty years, yeah. but but um, I do hope that that covenant will deepen and and explore and enhance the whole Wayland Yutani conspiracy mm -hmm. and that whole subplot because I've I've always liked it. I think it was handled pretty. It it was really a ham-fisted uh, approach in Prometheus, and uh, I didn't I didn't I didn't like that plot twist at all. I mm -hmm. think it was not handled that well. I, I love Guy Pierce, and I love the the Ted the sort of pseudo Ted talk that he gave. I think that was brilliant. But I, I wish there would have been more of that in the movie in in in, in, in instead of of hokey plot twists. Yes, yeah. is the one that we saw. Um, uh, despite the fact that Giger is is no uh, longer with us, alas, I do hope that that Ridley's new screenwriters have explored the alien mythos, the alien life cycle, enough so that they can give us another uh, pulse-pounding, heart-stopping chase movie along the lines of Alien. Uh, 
uh, you know, plot-wise, it doesn't, it, it really can't reinvent the wheel. But even if we get a really frightening movie, which makes sense and doesn't have too many plot holes, I'll be happy. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and Ridley has never made a, a movie which looks bad or is badly made in terms of craft. So at, at least we'll have that that to look forward forward to. But you know, having been so profoundly disappointed by Prometheus, I really try to gauge myself. I try to lower my expectation gauge uh, really to a zero because I don't want to be as disappointed again as I did with Prometheus. Yeah. I, I hear you. I, I mean, I'm 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 pretty much there. I mean, we're, really, what I hope for is just very few things. It's um, believable characters, natural dialogue, um, and just give me time to to give me some silence in this film. Give me give me some time to, um, lack of better terms, gestate what I'm seeing. Um, don't. Like with Prometheus, there was so much talking, 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 talking. Mm-hmm. There was no very little um, of kind of the imagery telling the story. Let Absolutely. the imagery tell the story. Let what let what these colonists or whoever are exploring. Let that tell the story. Don't have them. They don't need to talk twenty four seven. I know. And that's all that yeah. I ask. And if it's that believable and that's good, I'll I'll probably love any story you give me. Just yeah. do it right. Um, uh, have you have you heard this this interesting rumor regarding the main character, the, the heroine played by Catherine? Who Waters? she might be? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I have. I yeah. I I have, and actually, uh, someone has who's worked on the film has been chatting with us, um, mm-hmm. and cool. they have semi confirmed. No, actually, they confirmed, but they said that's not really it. That's okay. not what okay. she isn't who you think she is. Okay. Um, but there's a connection, but that's not the connection. But who knows? Oh. We'll see. I, I think uh, there was a lot of uh, – it was a big sigh of disappointment, I think, when people uh, heard that. Um, mm, people thinking, let Ripley go. We don't. It doesn't have to be Ripley in every movie. Um, and I, I agree to that. I don't think – but I think what's happening is Ridley Scott is hearing how people, how excited people are about Blomkamp's Alien and the ad- yeah. inclusion of Ripley. 20th yeah. Century Fox is hearing about that. They're trying to tap into that. Like, oh yeah. no, we, we're connected to Ripley too, you know? Yeah, they, um, they want to counter, they want to counter that with that hoopla with, 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 with something of yeah. their own. But, you know, it's, it's you know, that, that only tells us, uh, the movie going public and, and, and the hardcore fans, how darn difficult it is to create original characters. And, and, and you know, the, the problem is that many of these studios, they hearken back, they fall back on their franchises and, and, and the old stuff that, that they've been making and which they are rehashing to ad nauseum, as we yeah. see with, with characters like Spider-Man. I mean, how many, how many times uh, do you have to reboot and remake Spider-Man yeah. with, with a new actor? Yeah. And and uh, I, I hope that you know the new wave of screenwriters, young screenwriters, who were brought up uh, almost like had had these movies in in their mother's milk and were really brought up on these movies, either on VHS or DVD or Laserdisc or or Blu-ray. I I I, I do hope that that someone manages to write a love letter to to this series and to to create a new heroine or maybe a hero but preferably a heroine who is sufficiently different from Ripley yeah. but who also sort of taps into either 
the whole Wayland yutani that whole you know truck truck drivers going into space mm-hmm. type of type of space fleet yep. or maybe she could be someone who 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 is a military person a military uh, uh, almost like a military think tank person, mm-hmm. you know, who has been sent almost like a like a benevolent version of Burke or somebody. Could be also a civilian who's 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 been sent who's who Whalen Yutani has been sending on 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 these you know survey missions. And she learns I mean she would be an analyst, but also an analyst who is forced into action. Almost like Ripley. Like somebody, you know, really a really thinking man or thinking woman's woman who finds a, a, a heroine or, or an action heroine in her when 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 the time comes and when the you know when 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 shit hit, hits the fan yeah. so to speak yeah you know something like that would be cool to see but it's 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 extremely it's extremely difficult to find new storylines and new characters and that's that's why studios usually just harken back to to old stuff rehashing old stuff because it's so much simpler and safer and it talks, yeah. it, and safer and it takes less time it, yeah. it doesn't take a decade to come up with a with a great great script and and and, and, and you know because 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 at Fox and many many other studios Disney and uh, Marvel Universal it's it it ends up being a committee who writes yes. and influences the script, and I'm sure that Ridley, Ridley Scott has has butted his head on this on numerous occasions, and probably also he he wants or wanted to do these two new Alien movies so that he 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 would actually uh, have more clout because making movies, expensive movies like these like these, are all about clout. Yeah. And, and, and and guys like Ridley, you know, he has at least four or five other passion projects, you know, even sci-fi projects yeah, that right. he'd love to do. Yeah. So if he scores, I mean, Prometheus was a hit. It was a commercial hit, despite the fact that Barely. so many people hated it. Yeah. And, and, you know, if, if, if Covenant becomes an even bigger hit, then he might, you know, make make one of make one of these other sci-fi sci-fi movies. And uh, yeah, I'm 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 a big fan of Denis Villeneuve, and I'd love to meet and and develop a script for Denis Villeneuve, this French Canadian director. One day, I loved Sicario. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by Arrival, and I He's know he's not made a bad film. He is not. I know. I know. And I think that Blade Runner two will be much better than than the naysayers and haters are saying. And and you know Harrison Ford has has actually said fairly fairly recently he has said that which is which is pretty formidable that Blade Runner two is the best script that he has ever read. Yes. Yes, I know. And, and let's let's hope it's not just you know sales talk, but you know Harrison, you know he's he's not a bullshitter. He's not a bullshitter. And he doesn't he's, need to do it. If he's going to no. do it, it's because he wants to. That man has exactly. more money than God. Um, Absolutely. I mean, he has back-end deals from Star Wars and the new Star oh, yes. Wars. I mean, he's set, oh, yes. he's set I'm, for I'm, probably the next five generations of Harrison oh, yeah. Ford. Oh, oh, yeah. I um, mean, he, he, he could have stopped working after, after, after basically, you know, the Jack Ryan movies because he's, he's, he's had a percentage of those movies. And, but, you know, it's, it's, he's, he's a cool guy. And, uh, and I, I hear that his role in Blade Runner 2 is very small, but... Even if it is, let's see what it turns out to be. Uh, but I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it, and I think Villeneuve is—he is one of those formidable talents who will uh, go on 
to 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 make even greater movies than yeah. he has done so far. I agree. Well, thank you so much for coming on, for discussing, um, for talking about everything. Hopefully, you'll come back on and we can talk again. Um, I'm sure we'll have a Alien Covenant tra teaser trailer by the end of the year or before the end of the year, uh, seeing as we have trailers for Wonder Woman and Justice League, which are being released later mm -hmm. than um, the a Alien Covenant. So, again, thank you so much. Thank um, you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And, uh, yeah, we'll, see, we'll talk to you next time.